Thank you, preacher. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you uh, this evening, and this is uh, one of the biggest highlights of our year on our church calendar is youth camp, and I'm so thankful for Brother Gravely and Bible Baptist Church and all that you do to uh, to make all of it work and, and make it possible. Our uh, uh, church family loves Bible Baptist Church and loves the Gravelys very much. Uh, they're very, very dear uh, very dear to our church, very dear friends, and have been for a long time. Dear friends of mine, individually, and my family, and then dear friends of, our, of, of the church I now pastor, and now we're just all together now. So uh, it's amazing how the Lord works that out, and I love this church, and I love camp, and I appreciate you. And really, the highlight of the week of camp is getting to come over here on Wednesday night. And uh, man, I love it. I love it. It's good to be here. And uh, But let me get, give you something from the Word of God. Thank you. Brother Barnes has been knocking it out of the park every service this uh, week. If you get a chance to come over tomorrow night over to the camp, I'd encourage you to do that if, if you can. And it's a good ways for some of you, but you won't be disappointed. And me and Brother Gravely were talking about that this morning. I, I, I'm not just saying that because, uh, you know, that you're supposed to say nice things after somebody else preaches, you know. Uh, me and Brother Gravely were just talking about that this morning. Uh, I said, Bro- Brother Barnes, I've never heard, and he's preached for when I pastored in Georgia and then up in North Carolina. I said, I've never heard Brother Barnes strike out. I said, I've never heard him strike out. I said, every time, he brings the goods every single time he preaches. Amen. And my folks like him because he preaches like 30 minutes. And so they love that. Amen. And you're going to love me tonight. I'm in somebody else's pulpit with a clock and a time limit. So uh, they're going to love me. Just don't tell everybody else back home. All right. I preach 30 minutes. I'd be embarrassed. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Matthew chapter number six. Stand with me, if you will. Uh, We'll let you stand just for a minute. And I will be mindful of the time. Two messages on a Wednesday night. And for those of you that aren't in camp, just been working all day and just rolled in uh, for midweek prayer meeting tonight. And I appreciate uh, appreciate your encouragement and you being here this evening. You know, uh, I preach uh, normally three times a week. Uh, at my church, I teach a Sunday school class, and so uh, a lot of messages, a lot of different thoughts always going on. Anytime I get a thought, anytime I see something, I jot it down, I'm going to need it, preach it. I'm preaching through the Gospel of Mark right now on Sunday mornings. I'm preaching through Revelation on Wednesday nights and going through Second Thessalonians in my Sunday school class. I always got things going on, and so I preach a lot of messages, But and some of you preachers know what I'm talking about. Sometimes God gives you a message that it's not just a you know, another sermon for the next service. It's something that God just deeply impresses in your heart. It changes your life. You think about it every day. You think about it every week. I got messages God gave me years ago. I still think about them. I've preached them many times, even at our church, just over and over, just because it's on my heart, not because there's not anything else to preach. And I've preached this several places. You might even have heard it, but I'm going to tell you something. This is hot on my heart tonight. And I got other outlines. I got other things that I could preach tonight. But I want you to know it's heavy on my heart tonight. And it goes right along with what the what Brother Gravely was talking about just a minute ago and Brother Barnes was talking about just a minute ago about our heart. And that's what Jesus deals with in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and you know that, so I want to read a few verses and then we'll pray and I'll let you be seated, okay? Verse number 1 of Matthew chapter number 6, the Bible says, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms, 
Do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I want to skip to verse 16, if you will, and look at verse 16, 17, and 18. The Bible says, here's Jesus said, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the fa- thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you bless the reading of your word. Thankful, Lord, we're thankful for what we've already heard tonight and this week. Lord, I pray that those things would go home with us and change us for time and eternity. Lord, help me tonight. Lord, I need your touch. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and use me tonight to be a blessing to uh, these campers and to this church and these people. And Lord, we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you every ounce of glory for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Now, we've read a portion of Jesus' message that we referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. We call it that. Uh, Jesus began His earthly ministry with a message. And this message really, I guess you could say it set the tone for uh, the ministry, the earthly ministry of Christ. I've been going through the Gospel of Mark and what I found is Jesus had many encounters with the Pharisees. He was always encountering the Pharisees. He was always indicting them. He was always convicting them. He was always blaming them and charging them because of their hypocrisy. They had everything right on the outside, but they lacked true a holiness on the inside. And I guess if I could sum up Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in two words, that's exactly what I would use. True holiness. Inward holiness. In fact, at one point Jesus said, you're, a, you're just a bunch of whited sepulchers is all you are. You uh, look good on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. There's, you look pretty on the outside. You decorate the outside, but the inside is death and it is rotten and it stinks to the core. And there were heart problems with the Pharisees. And Jesus Always, he did not have any problem at all. In fact, sometimes he would even go out of his way, and and I ain't got time to go into all that right now, but to confront them and to expose them and to convict them and to indict them. And Jesus is doing that here. This whole Sermon on the Mount is about true holiness. And He goes through the law. You've heard it been said, don't commit adultery. But I say unto you, don't look on a woman, right, with lust. and The law says don't murder, but I say unto you, don't even hate your brother. And the law says this, but, but even that He went to the heart of the matter. And we find out that sin is not just in the action of a body, but sin is in the disposition of your heart. That's where sin is. In fact, Jesus said sin is so deceitful and it can be so on the inside of you that it can even creep into some of the most religious of activities. In fact, we see that right here. There's three different activities that Jesus pinpointed 
and, and we see that here, and, and he shows them how they have perverted it, and their inside and their heart is wrong when it comes to these activities here. In fact, verses 1 through 4, he talks about their giving, their alms giving, and when they gave their money in the temple there. And then verses 5 and 6, we read really verses 5 through 15 uh, is about prayer. And he said even in their prayer life, there is hypocrisy there, there is deceitfulness there. And then in verses 16, 17, and 18, he talks about fasting. So there's three religious services, if you will, or duties, if you will, that Jesus talks about. You have giving and praying and fasting. And Jesus talks about these things. And I, I, I gotta, I'm going somewhere, so just hang with me just very quickly. But I want to kind of work through these kind of by way of introduction and then give you what's on my heart. First of all, when I see these things about how Jesus is teaching purity of heart in these three areas of religious service, first of all, I see an expectation of service. And I want to hit this real quick and move on, but it is worth noting... I want you to notice that Jesus did not say, if you give, and if you pray, and if you fast. He said, when you give, and when you pray, and when you fast. Sounds like Jesus expects us to serve Him, right? I know some people, they say, well, they look at somebody that may be doing those things and they're faithful to church and they're doing things for God, but maybe they don't have everything together in their life. Maybe there is some hypocrisy in their life and they'll look at them and point their finger and say, well, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to church with a bunch of hypocrites and I'm not going to serve God because of all the hypocrites and all that. Listen, that's no excuse because of all the hypocrites. Jesus expects every one of us to do what is right and to do it with a right heart. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, right? Jesus expects us to do those things. And then not only do I see an expectation, an expectation of service, but then Jesus gives an example of sanctimoniousness. Do you know what sanctimonious is? I'm sure you do. It just literally means this. It means making a hypocritical show of religious devotion. That's what sanctimonious means. And Jesus gives for every one of these uh, religious services, Jesus gives an example of how they do it hypocritically, uh, sanctimoniously, if you will. He said in their giving, um, uh, in their giving, he said they would sound a trumpet, right? Verse number two, he said, when you give, don't sound a trumpet like that. They would, they would literally do that. And as I've done some studying on this, they, that, that's exactly what they would do. When they lined up in the temple, you know, remember Jesus and his disciples stood by and they could watch what people gave. People watched what was given. The offering plate was, uh, was up front and people just come by and gave. How would you like it like that? Amen. Just to come on up. Well, the Pharisees actually liked it pretty good. They liked it real good because they thought it was an opportunity uh, for them to show off how much they were giving. And so they would hire somebody to blow a trumpet, sometimes more than one person to blow a trumpet while they gave their money. And so all the attention, right before they were to write their big check, right before they were to drop their money in the offering plate, and everybody's heads would turn to the front. And so everybody could see exactly what they were putting in the offering plate. And you know what Jesus said about that? You're a hypocrite. And then when they prayed, they didn't just get in a prayer closet somewhere and meet with God. No, they had to pray standing in a street corner. They couldn't even make it to the temple sometimes. They would just stop in a street corner somewhere and they would begin to pray loud, long prayers and vain repetitions. And it was so loud and so long. And, 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 and people would see them and think, wow, man, how spiritual they are. What a great Christian they are. Then they would go into the temple and they would, and they would pray loud and long and everybody would look at them and Jesus said, 
said, yeah, you think they look spiritual. Let me tell you what they are. They're a hypocrite. And then when they fasted, right? That was the other thing Jesus talked about. The Bible says that Jesus exposed them. He said, listen, what you do when you fast, you're, you're, you're disfiguring your face is what he said. They literally would do that. They would stand around in, out on the street corner, inside the synagogue, wherever, and they would they, maybe they would hold their stomach and they would just kind of grunt, you know, disgruntle their face a little bit, and they were just, oh, just like that, and uh, kind of like some faces I'm getting right now, but no, I'm just kidding. But then they would just, they would uh, disgruntle their face a little bit, and, 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 and say, why would they do something like that? I'll tell you why they would do that. It's because they wanted somebody to come up to them and say, hey, hey, what, what's wrong with you? Just like you would do to me if you saw me, you know, wandering around the church like this. Oh, you know, everybody sees me limping around the church, and I've been asked a million times, what's wrong with you? I got gout in my right foot is what I got. But if you would see somebody disgruntled, you know, their face, disfigured their face, you would say, what's wrong? And, they, and that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted somebody to say, hey, what's wrong with you? So they could answer, I'm fasting right now. Jesus said, you're a hypocrite. You know what the word hypocrite means? Literally, the word hypocrite literally means a stage actor. That's what it means. It's a Greek word, hypocrite, stage actor. It's somebody that puts on a play. How many of you have ever been in a play? Maybe high school or something like that, Christmas play, something like that. That's when you play something that you are not in reality. You put on different clothes and you disguise yourself as something you aren't. I mean, you know, you, 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 may, you may be Joseph you know, the, the, the father, earthly father of Jesus during the Christmas play, but really in, in real life, you're just Joe the plumber, right? I mean, you're not really a, a biblical figure in the Christmas. You know, you see what I'm saying? You act like somebody you're not. In fact, you say things that you wouldn't say. You say things that your character would say. You are disingenuous for the sake of entertainment. I tell you, that's exactly what a hypocrite is. Somebody that puts on a show, they put on different clothes, they put on different, they say different lines, and but that is not who they really are in reality. And you know what's amazing? As the audience, with real hypocrites, as the audience change, their part will change. So when they're at school, they're one way. When they're at church, they're one way. When they're at home, they're one way. When they're out in town, they're another way. Hypocrite is what that is. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling what Jesus said, all right? This ain't my man. I would never preach anything this mean. But Jesus, you know, this is him. And Jesus condemns this type of, this type of religious service. He said it's, it's hypocritical. And he commends a, a holier one, a holy kind. In fact, so we see an expectation of service, an example of sanctimonious. And then here's where I want to just settle in just for, just for a minute too. We'll, we'll, we'll head out of here. An enclosure of secrecy. Jesus, in every one of these instances, Jesus says, don't do that. Here's what you need to do. When you give, do it like this. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. When you pray, get into the prayer closet. Shut your door. Pray to God in secret. In fact, did you notice how many times that word secret comes up? Look at verse number 4. Thine alms may be in secret. Thy Father which seeth in secret. Look at verse number 6. Thy Father which is in secret. And it says it again. And thy Father which seeth in secret. Verse number 18. Thy Father which is in secret. Which seeth in secret. You see that? Secret, 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 secret. I'm going to tell you, your Christian life ought not to be a secret in the sense that people don't know about it. But your Christian life ought to be a secret in the sense that there is a part of you that only God knows. There is a secret part of you 
you and you ought to be right with God in the secret place of your heart. There's a part of me that I see, there's a part of you that I see, and there's a part of you that God sees. And God knows there's a part of me that you see and there's a part of me that God sees. I want to be right in the secret place. Secret. And somebody said this, that you are what you are when no one is watching. You are what you are. I'm going to tell you something. If you cannot give, if you cannot pray, and if you cannot fast when no one is looking and when no one's there to pat you on the back, I'm going to tell you something. You're not doing it for God. That's a good, that's a good, way, to, that's a good way to measure that. If you cannot serve God when nobody's around, if you can't do it when mom and dad's not there to watch over you, if you can't do it when the preacher's not there to observe you and the Sunday school teacher's not there, and when you, if you can't serve God, if you can't give, if you can't pray, if you can't fast, unless somebody's going to be there to take note and give you some type of applause, and I'm going to tell you something, friend, you mark her down right there. You're not serving God. You're not doing it for Him. Because the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the evil and the good, God is always watching. And the true servant of God doesn't need an audience because he's not a stage actor. He is, he, he is performing for an audience of one, and that is God. Amen. I had a, a good friend of mine. Y'all know him well here, Brother Daniel Waters. Uh, I love Brother Daniel. We and him have been friends for a lot of years, and we... You know, when he was living in North Carolina, we'd get together a lot and eat, eat lunch and do some things, play golf till I gave that up. I got, <clears throat> put me in the flesh all the time. Had to quit doing that. So, Carnal. Um, me and Brother Daniel would get together. And, man, I'm almost ashamed to tell you what, we, what preachers talk about when they get together. They used to talk about other preachers. <laughs> it's not good. Don't do that, all right? Y'all quit. <clears throat> I've repented. And now it's a sermon illustration. Amen. So it all worked out. God's, God's taking it and turning it around and using it for His glory. Amen. Well, we're going down the road and this preacher's name comes up in conversation. And anytime his name happens to come up, and we weren't even talking bad about it, I promise. I know you don't believe me. We weren't talking bad about him. We were actually bragging on him. He preached a good message. Daniel was in a meeting with him. He preached a great message. He was telling me all about it. But we got just a little inside joke about this guy. Anytime his name comes up, I say, oh, Daniel, that's your dear friend. And that don't mean anything to you because it's an inside joke. You're on the outside. That's why you're not laughing. But let me tell you why it's funny. It's because every time Brother Daniel is in meeting with this guy, he always stands up from the pulpit and he'll say, Brother Daniel, it's so good to have Daniel Waters in this service. He is my dear friend. I love him. He's my favorite singer. He's one of my favorite preachers. And man, he is my dear friend. And the problem with that is, Daniel said, I've never preached for him. I've never sung for him. We've never ate lunch together. We've never went out to eat together. He said, I don't even know the guy. As soon as service is over, he gets his stuff and he's gone. We don't ever even fellowship. He don't have my number. We never get together. We don't do anything. And so it's hilarious. So anytime his name comes up, oh, yeah, that's your dear friend right there. Amen. But the Lord did use that in my heart in this way. Let me spiritualize my gossip here. <laughs> thought about how a lot of times we'll get up in the choir. A lot of times we'll get up to sing. 
We'll get up and testify. We'll get up and do whatever. We'll come to church. We'll say, God has been so good to me. God is so good. I love the Lord so much. Man, He's done this and He's done this. And man, God has just been so good to me. Man, He's my dear friend. And I wonder if God's sitting up in heaven saying, it's the first I've heard of it. Man, you never tell me that. You never got alone and say, we, we want to get up and, and, and let people know how much we love God and how much of a, you know, a good Christian we are. And we sing and we sing songs about the Lord and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder if God's just saying, hey, hey, what about me? Why don't you ever get by yourself and tell me that? I'd love to hear that from you. Man, you're, you're, you're up here thinking, letting everybody think we're dear friends when we don't even hardly know each other. Hey, that's hypocrisy. Yes, sir. It's exactly, it's exactly what these Pharisees were doing. And, and, and let me just give you that. That's really just the introduction. But I got, let me give you a couple things about Here's what I call it. I didn't coin this phrase. Somebody else said, I'm going to borrow it. Here's kind of my title, I guess. It would just be Showtime Religion. That's exactly what that is. Let me tell you what these Pharisees said. You ever heard anybody use that term? Showtime Religion. Listen, we're for the old time religion. But we ought to be against showtime religion. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid, oh goodness gracious, I'm afraid as much of what is called old time religion is really in a lot of ways nothing more than just showtime religion. And it'll take the judgment seat to sort a lot of that out. Don't, don't live a critical life. Please don't do that. Have some godly discernment, but don't be critical of people. But I'm going to tell you what. Listen, I, I'm only asking you not to, not, to, not to search and not to examine the ministry up the road. I'm asking you just to examine your own heart tonight. Don't, don't be hypercritical of every preacher who gets up behind the pulpit. What's their motive? What are they really thinking? What are they really doing? I'm just asking you to search your heart tonight. Do you have too much showtime religion and not enough old time religion? Can, I, can we expose showtime religion for what it is? It's ugly. It's ugly. It looks pretty on the outside, but man, it is ugly. It is so ugly. And the Lord detests it. That's why the Lord, while He was on this earth, our, our Savior, while He walked this earth three and a half years of public ministry, you'll find most of the time He spent more time with the harlots and the publicans and all that crowd. You know why? Because the folk, the religious crowd, the showtime, literally made Him sick. Showtime religion. Can I say, let me say three things. It's all from the text. Jesus is the one that's telling us this, not me. I, I'm not smart enough to come up with this, but it's right here in the Word of God. Let me tell you what showtime religion is. First of all, let me say this, that showtime religion is a reputation-driven religion. It's all about reputation. In fact, if you look at your Bible, Jesus makes it very clear what the motive is of these Pharisees. He makes it abundantly clear. In fact, I don't like questioning people's motives because I don't really like people questioning my motives. You know, uh, uh, I really don't, and uh, I don't. I don't normally. I don't. I wouldn't normally do that. I try to use some godly discernment, but I don't want to. I don't want to question people why they do uh, what they do. But listen, Jesus. If there's anybody, if there's anybody qualified to tell us what somebody's motives are. Jesus did. In fact, Jesus, He knows what's in man. A lot of times Jesus argued with the Pharisees and they didn't even say anything. He just knew what was in their heart. He knew what was on their mind. Jesus rebuked and corrected His disciples and His disciples didn't even say anything to Him. He knew what was on their heart and He knew what was on their mind. And Jesus pulls the covers back and He exposes exactly what the motive was, why they prayed, why they gave, and why they fasted. And it was all about their reputation. 
Look what it says. Look, there's a phrase that occurs in these three religious services. Verse number one, take heed that you do not your alms before men. Here it is, here it is. To be seen of them. You see that? Drop down to verse number two. And he talks about uh, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Why? Why do they blow the trumpet? Why? Or, 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 yeah, why do they do those things? That they may have glory of men. You see that? Look at verse number five. When you pray, it shall not be as the hypocrites are. They love to pray, stand in the synagogues in the corners of the streets. Here it is. That they may be seen of men. Verse 16, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. Why? Why would they do such a thing? That they may appear unto men to fast. It's all about the outside, and it's all about people seeing them and saying, wow, what a spiritual person. Wow, what a great Christian. Wow, man, look how wonderful they are. And on the inside, it's full of dead man's bones. They are rotten to the core. And Jesus said, you're a hypocrite. You're ungodly on the inside. And on the outside, you got everything. Everybody fooled, and all the the only reason you give, and the only reason you pray, and the only reason you even fast is to sharpen your image in the sight of the church and in the sight of the community. That's showtime religion. That you may be seen of men. It's all about sharpening one's reputation in the eyes of other people. And what it does, it puts, it puts a, a real character and the kind of things that God cares about. It puts it all the way to the back like it's, a, like it's just the caboose of the train. And it puts image and reputation and what do people think about me as the engine of the train and up front. And it shoves it to the front. And it shoves character and real spirituality. It shoves it to the back. And I'm going to tell you what, it ought not to be that way, friend. I'm gonna tell you what is most important and that is your character that is the part of you that God knows that is the priority listen if you will take care of your character your reputation will take care of itself I promise you that you just take care of your character and your reputation don't worry about what people think and I know we ought to keep a good testimony and be mindful of those things I'm not saying that at all having some kind of maverick attitude I don't care what give a rip what people think but I'm going to tell you this listen if your, if your spiritual life is more about what the people think about me rather than what does God know about me that's a problem that's a problem we ought to be more concerned about the person that God knows we are than the person that people think we are And, man, and I've seen the Showtime religion, it, it has crumbled ministries and preachers and Christians and homes. When you try to put on an image and you try to put on a show and you neglect real, true spirituality and character. We've all seen it. it is a re- Let me tell you what drives Showtime religion. It's all what do people think about me. It's reputation driven. Secondly, it's ugly. Reputation, I mean, listen, showtime religion is ugly. Let me tell you how ugly it is. It's a reputation driven religion. Secondly, let me say this it is a reward depriving religion. It will rob you of real rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. In fact, that's what Jesus says, right? Doesn't he say that? Um, Let's see here. Look at verse uh, number 1. Uh, Take heed you do not your alms for men to be sent to them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. You see that? Verse number 2. That they do those things that have glory of men. Get, drop down to the bottom there. Verily I send to you, they have their reward. 
You see that? You see, and that's it. And I'm not gonna, I don't have time to go through every one of those texts, but it's in every one of those, the giving, the praying, the fasting. He says every single time, he says, they have their reward. They have their, what is their reward? Their reward is to be seen. Their reward is the glory of men. Their reward is a pat on the back and wow, look at you and wow, look how spiritual you are and look what a great Christian you are and look what, I'm going to tell you what, I, man, I, I, hate to even, I don't even want to say this, I don't want to diminish anybody in the eyes of these kids, but I tell you, it's just the truth and I hate it this way, but I've met some men, they're wonderful preachers and they're horrible Christians. And I'm going to tell you what that is. They're wonderful, and they get all they get a lot of accolades, and they man they'll fill up a church building, they all kind of things. Man, they'll get a lot of man. What great great preacher and great you're a great Christian, and there's a lot. Of, it's just it's for every area of ministry, not just preachers. But I'm gonna tell you what, there's a day coming that will expose and lay bare the heart of every man and every woman, every Christian. We must all give an account of ourselves to God. And the Bible says, listen, when John saw Jesus in the Revelation, he said he had eyes like fire. And I'm going to tell you what those fiery eyes are going to do one day. They are going to try every man's works. And some are going to suffer loss because, man, we thought they were building such a great thing. But it was just wood and hay and stubble. And all their reward is what they got here on this earth, just the temporary, man, you're such a great preacher. You're such a great Christian. You're such a great person. That's it. If that's what you do it for and that's what you get, there you go. Enjoy it now because it will not last. And by the way, can I just say this? And i gotta, I got to hurry. i gotta, I got I to get done here. But I'm going to say something. It does not last. And by the way, it doesn't satisfy even on this earth. Because I'm going to tell you something. It gets old. It, it gets, uh, it's not enough after a while. The pats on the back and the applause and all that. You just got to have more and you got to have more and you got to have more and you, and you lay your head down on your pillow at night and it's not enough and the money's not enough and the applause is not enough and the attaboy's not enough and the, and the, and the, and the attention is not enough and, all, and the accolades and the awards. It's all not enough. It does not satisfy those rewards, listen to me, those rewards do not satisfy. And you drive yourself crazy because they don't satisfy. I'm telling you what does satisfy when he's pleased. I'm telling you what will satisfy for all of eternity. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't worry about how big, how high, don't worry about how high their wood, hay, and stubble is. Because it's gonna it's gonna burn up in a minute. If you got a, if you got a couple handfuls of some gold and some silver and some precious stones, you'll be able to lay them down at the feet of Jesus one day and worship Him for all of eternity. That is the only one. Paul said it's a small thing to be judged by you. Paul had his eyes on another judgment, and it was not the judgment of men; it was the judgment of God. It will steal your rewards. It's a reputation-driven religion. It's a reward-depriving religion. And then last thing I'm done, it's a reality-distorting religion. Yeah. Let me just let me mention this, and I'm done. Showtime religion puts you living in a world that actually is not real. Did you know that? Because here's what's happening. Let me, let me, let's go back to these Pharisees. Let's find out what's happening here. Get this. They're giving, but they're not giving. They're praying 
but they're not really praying. They're fasting, but they're not really fasting. Can't you see him over there in the, cor- in the corner of the synagogue just leaned up against the wall? Oh. I just want to go over and be like, hey, man, let's go get a slice of pizza, dude. This ain't working. This ain't, this ain't helping nobody. Come on. I'll pay. Let's go. Let's go. Quit this. Because let me tell you, giving, praying, fasting, you know what all that's for? All that's, to, all that's to get you close. It's so God can capture your heart and have your heart. That's, what, that's why God, God, do you think God needs your money? No, but you need to give it. You know why? Because if you hold on to all of it, you're going you're gonna to be full of pride and you're going to be full of greed and selfishness. So God said, no, give me 10% and then I'll, I'll touch your heart about giving even some more. You know why? Because that, that, that surrenders your heart to Him. That's what fasting does. Men preacher talking about fasting a little bit ago. That's what praying does. It, it all is to capture our heart for Jesus. It's not to make you look good. It's not what giving is for. It's not what praying is about. That's not what fasting is about. It's not God and say, man, what can I do to make so people can make themselves look good? No, no, no. It's it's about Him. It's all about Him. But when you live in that attitude, you you listen. Did you know you can sing a song? Play the piano. You know you can sing a song and not even sing a song. I, 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 don't, I don't have anybody in mind when I say this, uh, preacher, but I would guarantee in a crowd this size up here singing, there was folks singing, they were singing the words, they might have even been on tune, but they, that wasn't singing and making melody in their heart to the Lord. Right? I think, Can I be honest? I've preached a message before. Didn't preach a message. I did it because I was expected to. I did it to keep my reputation right. I tell you, we better search our hearts tonight. And I'll tell you what it does. It's a rea- it puts us in an alternate reality where actually we're not even, we're acting like we're worshiping God, but we're not even really worshiping God. In fact, I'll tell you, and I know my time's up. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you who you're worshiping when you do that. You're actually worshiping you. It's not God worship, it's self-worship. It's self-adoration. And by the way, can I tell you, that was the original, that's the first sin ever committed. Self-worship. Self-adoration. And it's such a deceitful, such a deceptive sin that Jesus said, it'll slip in your prayer life. It'll slip in your giving life. It'll slip in your fasting. It'll slip in your spiritual life where you are doing these things and you say, man, I'm busy. Man, I do. I go to visitation on this night and I'm at prayer meeting on this night and we're helping the young people on this night. We're busy, 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 busy. But at the judgment seat of Christ, it won't amount to a hill of beans because it was all done for the glory of men and the glory of you to worship yourself. It's actually humanism is what it is. You're just worshiping yourself. Let me tell you about worship. Worship has to be, Jesus said, in spirit and in truth. You know what that means? Spirit means, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lowercase s, spirit. It means your inner man. That's where real worship comes from. And in truth, you know what the word truth means? It literally means sincerity. You know what sincerity is? That's the opposite of what? Hypocrisy. That's why worship really is. It's in spirit and in truth. And then I want to read one verse that's in this chapter, and I'm done. Preacher, you can get whoever, if you want to give it, whatever you want to do, I'm done. Psalms 51.6, it's in the psalm that, Brother Barnes just read. Here's what David said. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Can I tell you, I don't care if you're 9 
Lord, I don't care if you're 29, 39, 49, 59, or anywhere in between, 69, 79. I don't care what you do. I don't care what your position is at this church. I don't care. I don't, it does not. I don't. It don't care. Can I? Can I encourage you to do something? Get rid of Showtime religion. Drop it. Drop it like a bad habit. Because it's an ugly, 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 ugly thing. And I'll tell you, can I be honest? I'll tell you why I know so much about it. Because I struggle with it. Most of my church life is on a platform in front of people. Do you know how tempting it is? Just to have a platform life and not a real Christian life, spiritual life. But I, and I'm a young man. I don't know a whole lot, Brother Gravely, but I've been around long enough to already figure this out. It never ends well. It's always exposed. It's always exposed. The covers are always jerked off. Every, and it's not pretty. And it hurts a lot of people. And it hurts your family. That's true. I'm telling you, I guess my, my plea would just be, just be real. Just be real. Be right with God and be real. Serve God. Don't quit. He, said, he didn't say, well, if you're not going to be real, don't worry about praying. Don't worry about giving. No, he said, when you do it, do it right. That's it. And that's what I encourage you to do. Let's stand together.